Hey everybody, this is Al Nash from the Unapologetic Woman Empowerment Dynasty and you're listening to the Unapologetic Woman Podcast, the show for women who choose to live their legacies unleashed, unlimited and unapologetic. If this is a space you're curious about, visit unapologetic-women.com. Today, we're talking about the importance of letting go with Janet Taylor. Janet was a government contractor and her celebrity clients includes Les Brown and Dinah Williams. For three consecutive years, her company, Totally Organized, was recognized as one of the top minority firms by the Philadelphia Business Journal. Most recently, she has been a corporate trainer conducting webinars for Fortune 500 firms. In 2021, she conducted over 100 webinars with some surpassing 500 attendees. In April 2018, Janet appeared on the Rachel Ray Show, where she was crowned the clutter-free queen. She has also appeared on HGTV's Mission Organization and been a featured speaker for IKEA at the Philadelphia Home Space. Janet is the host and producer of a weekly podcast, Got Clutter? Get Organized, which is streamed via iTunes. Her podcast has been ranked number one in the top 100 indie home and garden chart and number one in the top 100 home and garden charts. She also serves on the advisory board for the business division at Pierce College, coming back to self. Now she gets to share that with others and help inspire them to be more authentic and purposeful in business. This is a rich conversation. Thank you for joining us. This is Janet. love about life at the moment is I'm waking up most mornings pinching myself and go how the hell did I meet this woman and just feeling so incredibly blessed with the caliber of women that I am meeting same here um, and understanding that life is bringing us all together and bringing us all together for a purpose. And I believe part of my my role in that is facilitating the conversations. Conversations that have not been had in open a lot of the time because people say it's taboo things. And I'm like, boo-hoo, like let's stop with taboo anything. Let's start normalizing this experience called life okay. so that people can stop being so hard on themselves. And You're start right. shifting real time into, oh, not broken, not screwed up. We all go through life and, 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 and it gets to be fun. And I get to have fun along the way. And it is about today. It's only about today. It's only about today. You're right. You're right. I mean, I'm, I'm feeling the same way. I'm glad you shared it because... I'm feeling my purpose in life is to let women know it's okay to let go of stuff. If you want to embrace the next season of your life, it's okay to let go. I have a friend who moved from here to South Carolina because she found, she reconnected with the love of her life and she took everything with her. I said, let me tell you something. If that happens to me, I'm taking my clothes and my laptop because really that's all I need. If he's got a house full of stuff, why do I need some of my, why do I need to take all this stuff? So now she's afraid because he's neat. She's not. I'm like, you should have left the stuff here in Pennsylvania. You got to think about what's important. So. Oh, 
Wow. So this is going to be an interesting conversation. So yesterday I was in the soiree call and I had to cancel being on somebody else's podcast last Friday because my eyes came out with eczema, like swollen up. It looked like I had been in a bar fight. Never <sighs> happened to me before. And I've been sitting with that and I've been sitting with that and kind of going, what is going on here? And yesterday I had the breakthrough in the conversation with my ladies in that I'm in transition of life in that I have met the man of my dreams at 50 and I'm half foot in my old life and one foot in my new life. And it feels as though I'm being asked to make the choice. You now either leap of faith into your new life, which is the exact life, by the way, that I have been asking for, for as long as I can remember. Or do I keep hold of the old, which is the known, which is the comfortable thing? And all the, the stuff, the stories that goes around Oh, but I'm leaving my boys behind and I'm leaving my dog behind and I'm leaving my home behind. Like all of those things. And yesterday was the first time that I was like, oh my God, this is what's going on in my body because it's time to choose. And this morning as I was lying in his arms, which is why I almost ran late for our podcast, I was like, I choose this. Yeah. And I'm willing to leave all of that behind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Knowing that I'll always love my boys and they'll always love me and they'll always be in my life and I'll always be in this. But I'm not moving a damn thing with me because I'm choosing the new. Why do you think it's so freaking hard for us, Janet, as women to just let go and leave let go, leave behind, fear I think, I think it's because, like you said, the comfort. It was so comfortable. It's normal. It's habits. It's routines. We're used to it. But also, it's something that we as women have built up for so many years and decades. And it's almost like, am I ready to let go of that part of me? But like you said, this is something that you have wanted. I know there's things that I want and I had to give myself that talk every single day. It's like, okay, Janet, when it happens, you got to be ready for it and you have to know what to let go of. And that's why I said it's the laptop to close, maybe my, my flat screen, but I'm not sure about that. But because I want to embrace that, I want to, you know, have that love. I want to have that companionship, that partner in my life. So and it's like anything when you, you know, it's, it's, it's like when you go through school, you know, you learn something, you go to the next, you get, you know, you don't have to keep hold of all of those books and everything, because now you go from, of course, primary to the high school, from the high school to the college and beyond. Do you need all that stuff? No. And, and we hold on to it. We hold on to stuff from past relationships, physical stuff. 
And that was something that I had to slowly get rid of. It's like, okay, if I want to embrace a new relationship, and as much as I love the old one, he passed away. So now it's time for me to slowly get rid of the physical representation of that. I'm not going. I'm not going to tell you I got rid of everything, but I got rid of a lot of things. And I also it got to a point where it's like, okay, you know what? I need to put his picture away. I'm not ready to let it go completely, but I don't have to see it every time I come into the house. Because what if all of a sudden that person just shows up and then they come in and see the big picture? It's wait a minute, his picture's here, his picture's here. So yeah, it's like mm, it's like almost a fear sometimes. Mm, mm, if I get rid of that comfort, but will I be um, okay over here? So I think that's what it is. Letting go. It's not easy. Do you also think that there's a little bit of um, a sense of guilt? And, and so I want to be really honorable here in when, when we introduce the passing away of somebody, because that is huge. Um, I want to be very honorable of that. And, and thinking of how many things I held on from my grandmother that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. But somehow it ended up in my house and I literally moved it from country to country (laughs) as though by letting go of the pieces, I was saying, I don't love you or I don't remember you or there's no space for you in my heart anymore. And that was huge for me because I would keep on looking at these pieces of furniture and think, oh my God, that's so ugly. <laughs> Bless her, she comes from a different generation. And that's, yeah. Furniture is different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what? And a lot of people do that. They feel like they're dishonoring the person if they get rid of the stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, when my mother passed, I got rid of a lot of her stuff. I couldn't wear clothes um and you know most of her furniture is gone except for one chair which I just love and I'm going to actually reupholster it to my favorite color uh and and I kept little piece but I didn't keep everything and I also decided I'm not going to hold on to everything I'm only going to keep the trunk which I truly love I'm going to keep the chair and I kept one little tray because see my mother was the entertainer of entertainers so she had you know if you came over and decided to get a sandwich she would put it on a nice little glass tray well you know that's not going to happen when you come over to my house (laughs) but I did keep one tray because I just love the detailing on it and I put my perfume bottles on it and I tell people do things like that but and you you know but if it's something don't like give it to somebody who could appreciate it my mother had all these clip earrings those things hurt but there was a woman she's like janet she's like oh my goodness i love clip earrings and your mom's earrings are so retro okay here you go take them so sometimes it's just knowing you're not dishonoring the person i still remember my mother i remember little things about you know the guy i was dating who passed but it's not like i forgot them you know it's just I needed to it's like a almost a process you just have to move on because if not you'll be stuck in the past and and that's something that I think a lot of people still don't understand so a few years ago I created a course called clearance to clarity and we started with physical clearance so the course went physical emotional mental spiritual but the physical clearance when women just got through that week things started drastically changing in their lives because 
we underestimate when we say everything is energy and everything holds an energy we don't really comprehend how powerful that is and so whatever old energies we hold on to that no longer brings us joy and i loved marie kondo's methodology of does this bring me joy and if it doesn't then i pass the item on to somebody else who does receive joy from it but it's almost as though we are subconsciously choosing joy or not joy joy or guilt joy or fear joy or whatever the story is of why we are not deserving of joy and the moment you start clearing out stuff and i do this frequently in my house there's a shift in the energy there's new life energy that comes in but it cannot happen until space is created for new energy and you're, and you're so right. I mean, I'm the same way. Like last year, October, November, December, I went from the front door to the back door and I just tackled every room, every space, every container, everything, because I wanted some new energy. I wanted to feel new in the new year. And even now, as I lead up to birthday number 60, it's like, okay, I'm going to do the same thing. Cause what do I need to get rid of? You know, someone, you know, because of everything that's going on, nobody's really, at least I'm not wearing suits like I used to. And I had all these suits and somebody's like, oh no, no, hold on to them. But why? Because that's not even who I am anymore. I did the corporate thing. I don't need to wear suits anymore. Even when I speak in a corporate environment, I know how to do the visual business casual stylishly. So, but you know, it's like letting go of the Janet that was in corporate, Janet that was in her 20s and her 30s and 40s, but now I'm embracing a new season. And I want to have everything in my life reflect that. And I think when you start thinking like that, it's like, hmm, okay, this is where I am. This is where I want to be. So how can I create that in my space and all the things that I have? So you are turning the big C six O. Yes, yes, yes. And for all the listeners who are not watching the video, I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> you look sensational thank you thank you sensational i'm finding this really interesting for our era of women in that there doesn't seem to be a new a standard of growing old fabulously for all women not just the superstars for all women and I find it really frustrating because when I create social media images and, and you look for women images, majority of them are in their 20s or they're really old gray grannies that look, quite frankly, as though there is 70, 80 years old. And no disrespect, but there doesn't seem to be... Um, an archetype for the modern day wise woman, shall we put mm -hmm. it that way? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and I agree, I agree. I mean, you're right, it's either the 20 year old or either the woman who 
has what they, I guess they call the characteristics of an older woman. Now, my mentor is 80. And, oh, well, not close to 80. I'm not going to say she's 80. She's like, she'll be 79 this year. But she looks like she's, she did when I, I saw her when she was in her 50s. And I keep looking whenever we do our Zoom calls. And I said, my goodness, look at your skin. It's flawless. And she's like, that's right, baby. But it's a whole different attitude. And I think they have to capture that as well. We are more stylish. We are more active. We're a lot more conscious of what we eat. And we truly know how to enjoy life. And then also, we really know what we want and what we don't want. There are things we will say yes to, but when we're ready to say no, it's like, no, that's just not going to work for me right now. And you say it with a smile and you keep moving. Uh, I wish more women would start understanding the full body yes experience. And if it's not a full body yes, it's not a maybe, it's a no. Like there is no maybe, it's a full body yes, or it's a no, unapologetically, unattached, unafraid. It just is with no stories other than it's just not right for us. So then let's get to the question of all questions, Janet. What does it mean to you to be an unapologetic woman? An unapologetic woman is like being able to say no, being okay with saying no, smiling, saying no. I mean, recently um, there was a conference and I wanted to be a speaker, you know, because I love just being in front of people, meeting people, et cetera. So when we started talking details, they said, well, in order to be a speaker at our event, you have to pay us $5,000. And I said, thank you so much. But you know what? This is not the right venue for me. I appreciate your time and you continue to have a great day. But but I just I just want to reiterate again, this is not the best venue for me. And thank you so much. And and I'm okay with it. It's not like I lost sleep. It's not like I felt guilty. It's like, oh my goodness, what am I missing out on? No, it's not the right venue for me. And you know why? Because I know my worth now. So in order for you know, I feel that I would bring value to that conference. It was for all women, business women. I feel like I could take center stage, talk about how to balance life, not multitasking. But then you want me to pay to be on that stage? No, that's not the right venue. And I know the right one will come along and I'm okay. And that means being unapologetic. (laughs) Isn't that interesting though? And, And I've been looking at this and thinking, how did this happen? How did it happen that speakers always used to get paid for speaking? And now we're either expected to do it for free or to pay the organizers for our intellectual property, for our time, for our expertise and all of that. And I'm just playing devil's advocate here and wondering out loud, do you think that this is a spin-off of social media where we have all just been giving so freely of our expertise, of our time, of our creativity, that an industry started lurching onto that and go, well, if she can do it for free on Instagram, then she can come and do it for free on my stage because I'm getting her in front of people so is people in butts more important? Have we made numbers more important, more valuable in this world than what it takes for us to create our IP, our, our genius, our field? What, what, what is your thoughts on this? I think there's kind of two different sets of organizers for events. 
they're the organizers who want to get a free speaker and they want to also get their event basically fully paid for without them putting any money out. But then there's those events who value our IP and they are willing to pay for that because they know that if our picture, our information is put on their promotional materials, people are going to flock because they want to hear us and what we have to say. And it's just a matter of deciding. And, and I mean, at that, I mean, I'm at a point now where I want to be in those crowds because, you know, in the beginning, you know, I would love to, to just get in front of people just because I wanted them to know my name. But now I know I've built up like you have, we built up these these resumes so therefore we come with some value your audience is going to get some great information and that's why we become we come unapologetic and say you know what this is just not the right venue for me but thank you so much for at least meeting with me and and sending me the information so if there are any organizers out there listening today who are actually investing in their speakers there's two ladies right here that you can contact just saying (laughs) Yes. Oh, that wouldn't that be wouldn't that be fabulous if somebody would contact us and we'd be at the same conference? Oh, we would have so much fun. Oh, <laughs> well, I think that's the thing that I'm I'm having so much fun in business lately because I made a decision two years ago that I didn't want to do business anymore. I wanted to collaborate with peers and support my friends with my genius gift, which is self leadership. And to have fun. So every client is truly a friend, whether you are working with me privately or whether you're in the soiree or the sanctuary. These are my girlfriends. They know everything about me. There is no professional boundary that holds us apart because I just got tired of having to show up in a certain way and keep people at arm's length. Because if you know who I really am, then you won't respect me. I love who I am. Quite frankly, Mm -hmm. if you don't respect who I am, when I respect who I am, then I don't want to work with you anyways. And everybody that I've invited on the show, I've loved. I have fallen in love with them. I'm staying in contact with them because I think it's time for us to start friend working, not networking. And I think it's for us to start understanding that business gets to be personal. We we have a gift. Each one of us have a gift that we massage, that we practice, that we grow for ourselves first and foremost. And then we get to support other people in their lives to have an even better life experience by going, hey, this is my gift. And yes, mm-hmm. there's an exchange of money for it because well, it's how the world has been designed at this time. But it's no longer about doing it with faceless, nameless numbers that we don't even know about. This gets to be real again. It's to be person to person again. And that's so much fun. So much fun. And, it and is. more and people could experience this. It is. I mean, I really enjoy what I do. I enjoy working with my clients because it's, it's, I become a part of whether it's their team at work 
or their team at home and just help them do things a little better. And I love it when I get the texts, Janet, can you help me with this? Janet, I need a little help with this. Can you refer somebody who can do this? And then they trust me. And it's just so nice sometimes the level of trust that my clients give me in, in regards to certain projects, information, et cetera. It just makes me feel really good. And I was thinking the other day, just like you were, I was like, wow, I really truly am at a place where I love what I do. You know, I love it. I love just getting up. You know, I mean, I've worked those jobs. So I've had to get up early in the morning, do the eight hour shift, come home, do it again. But I really, truly love because I know I'm making some kind of impact on someone's life and people enjoy me showing up. There's an interesting thing happening at the moment in that people hear entrepreneurs like us and they think, oh, that's the life. Like corporate is not the life. Da -da 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 -da. And I have become aware of how much entrepreneurs, not entrepreneurs, people who are self-employed especially, almost shame people in corporates. And I'm not cool with that because here's the thing that I've come to understand. There's very few entrepreneurs. There's more and more self-employed people and there's a difference. And then there are people who are needed in corporate jobs for whom corporate supports their best functioning in life. Because in corporate, you, you do walk out the door and mentally switch off, right? Mm-hmm. And, and in a lot of phases of our life that I took a, a year break from being an entrepreneur and went and worked in a corporate job for a year because I was like, I just need, I just need a reset. I'd been an entrepreneur for 20 years. I needed a year reset and then come back stronger, more vibrant. Let's go. Let's pump this out. But for the true entrepreneur, what I'm finding is it's for us that is this creative messy process every single day and we the creative mess is the fun part not mm -hmm. the product mm -hmm. it's not the product it's not the outcome it's not the it's why every time that we get to create something epic we go oh cool okay what's next or we break it down so that we can recreate it differently are you experiencing that as well in that for you, it is the creative process. It's not the, this is the guaranteed result that I replicate day after day after day to get more and more results. And, and how are you experiencing this shift in consciousness in your clients' worlds where things have definitely changed post-COVID and mm -hmm. I think almost COVID created more chaos from which to bring new organization. How are you experiencing that with your clients? Well, I love the creative piece. Like you said, it's just like, you know, you're able to just, it's like you look at something, you think of an ideal and all the different steps and then, wow, it's here. So I love that because, you know, I get to do it in so many different things with the podcast or maybe want to create a new webinar, etc. But in regards to my clients, it's more or less the shift that I see that they value me more. Not that they didn't value me in the beginning, but it's like more now, because now it's like they're seeing life differently. Mm 
They're realizing the value I bring. And also they're saying, you know what? Janet takes care of this. So I don't have, that's what one client says. So I'm, I'm see monthly. She says, I know when you come, you're going to take care of it. And that's it. And, and when you leave, it's taken care of. And I can go about enjoying my life. And even when another client will go on site in her, in her school, it's like, they know when I come, I'm going to take care of this, that, and the other, and whatever else they want me to handle. And sometimes she'll call me, Janet, I need this, I need that. But it's like the shift has changed because I think that stress, that, that period stressed so many people out. We were, you know, we were all indoors trying to figure out how to do things. But then it's like once we got back out and started doing things again, it's like, mm, I need to do it differently. I need to do it less stressful. I don't want to get burned out because I was home and I like that feeling of not all the pressure and the overwhelmed. So I think that's what the shift came from. I find it fascinating how I'm, I'm delving more into what is the nurturance that us as women need? And it's way more than what we ever believed it was. It's not just a pedicure or a mani or a hairdresser appointment once every six weeks. We need days every month of nurturing, self-nurturance and uh, breathing and, and contemplation and creativity and dreaming and all of those things for us to be at our optimal thrive. And I feel almost as though COVID was that gift for us. It was that pause to go, okay, what, what, what is not working anymore? Mm -hmm. What is working? How do I want to do it differently? And I also observed that the masses came out and went back to the same patterns, the same lifestyles, the same everything completely unaware almost of the insanity of all of this and then wondering why the world just feels harder and harder and why people are becoming more and more pessimistic and and struggling why mental health is becoming a bigger bigger thing even though I keep saying well it's because the mental health industry is the mental disease industry and quite frankly, nobody is speaking about mental health. Nobody is speaking about, you are freaking fabulous. You've got this. Sit your ass down. Get real about your life. Sort that shit out once and for all. Let go. Let go of the stories. Let go of the, the outdated panties that make you feel like a slave girl and go rock some freaking sexy knickers or go commando if you have to. Like nobody is saying what needs to be said in order for people to shift into true mental health. And it is an all or nothing game. It's an all calibration game. It's an all calibration game from your home environment, to your friends, to your conversations, to your self-talk, to, to all of that. Thank God for women like you who are willing to come in and go, I can take care of that piece for you. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you mentioned the mental health because, and specifically mental health and then the workers, because what I find when I do webinars, that people are still working themselves to death that they're not taking their lunches and their breaks. And I said, you know, you need to recharge and refuel yourself. You're in front of that screen all day long. First of all, your eyes need just a rest, a moment's rest. 
I says, but you need to just kind of walk away. If you're working from home, then you need to go, and I call it, go to the executive lunchroom, because that's what I call my dining room, and have lunch. Walk away, or either walk around the block once, or maybe twice, depending. And I said, if you feel so stressed that you can't do lunches and breaks, do one or the other. Take two breaks or just take a lunch. I says, but you have to do it. And people are like, well, I just kind of work through. And people are like, well, what's a lunch? What's a break? And I'm like, how can you do that for yourself? And then when I share that at least once a month, I have a do nothing day, they were like, well, how can you have a do nothing day? I said, well, first of all, I do not have anybody I'm responsible for, but I said, I take care of everything. I do my meal prep on Saturday. I've already got my clothes laid out. I already know what I'm doing for the week. I said, so Sunday, I just sit back and do nothing. I may read a book or I may binge on something like a documentary or something. So you're right. People, they need to kind of like, okay, you know what? No, I'm not going to take a call after eight o'clock or I understand that we're different time zones and I respect that, but my workday ends at five o'clock and I have a family that I want to get to. So yeah, we have to start like putting ourselves at the top. It's insane. It's insane for me. And I was guilty of this for the longest of time. So I can empathize with people. I have a lot of compassion and I'm going to say this, there's still a slave to the system. And they're still fear-driven. So yes, I am probably at the most inconvenient time zone in the freaking world in New Zealand. I'm on the next day. I'm in the wrong side of the, the clock for everybody. No, you're and, not. And so we connect. Saying, but exactly. But people kept saying to me, oh, you know, you have to stay open late or you have to. And I was like, no, 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 no. You, you don't understand. This is my company. This is my business that I'm partnering with to have my best life. I am not a slave to my business. And here's what I know as well. There's more than enough clients in the world for me for whom my time slow works. I am special enough. <laughs> and I am good enough for people to get up at ridiculous hours or stay up at ridiculous hours because they want to to work with me and I'm not being full of shit it's it, it I just know this right and I also know that if I don't walk away from my business I I come with a slave mentality to every single call I'm exhausted I'm run down I'm I'm not I'm not refreshed and if you say to yourself that you don't have time to step away for lunch or to, if you are still caught up and I'm going to say this as well, a lot of this is through the motivational and the coaching industries, right? You have to take massive amounts of action. You have to outwork everybody. You have to be this. You have to be that. Okay. Drank the Kool-Aid, lived it, wore the t-shirt and the G-string. I, I, I get it. And it keeps you too exhausted to unhook from the narrative. Mm -hmm. And that is why they have so much power over people. When you unhook from the narrative and you go, no, no, it's not the amount of action that I take. It's the action I take backed by the energy that I bring with the action. 
And that's true. That is so true. Because people are always like, Janet, you have so much energy when you do webinars. Doesn't everybody? <laughs> no, they don't. Oh, my God. I have sat through some webinars. Well, not sat through them. Started watching some. And I would be like, are you kidding me? Like, because supposed to have energy. You're supposed to have passion. <laughs> you like a blankie? Yeah. But it's crazy for me how, how women especially are still caught in the slave girl mentality in their businesses now. That's like the, the business has become the new custodian of them instead of going, no, no, of course I'm going to step away and have lunch. Why? Why wouldn't I? Why would I leave corporate and and create corporate in my own business for me? Isn't that just mm -hmm. stupid? Yeah. I mean, I take my walks. I tell people I love taking my walks. I take my nice little leisurely walk. Look at the flowers, the trees, greet people. Because that just does something to me mentally. And then I come back in my office and I'm ready to give. Because as entrepreneurs, self-employed, and even when you're working for somebody, you're constantly giving. And you need to kind of give back to yourself as well or else you're going to be burnt out you're going to be stressed you know then the sickness and all that other kind of stuff comes along with it so you got to put yourself at the top because when we fly we got to put the oxygen mask on ourselves first before we can help anybody else being unapologetic so then this thought just dropped in my mind do you think that is why for women especially entrepreneurship after 45 is rocking because by then we have enough uh, wisdom and unapologeticism in us. <laughs> I have to listen back to that um, to to go. No, no, no. Me first, and then I give. Whereas in our thirties and our twenties, we just want to please. We want yeah. to please, even in our yeah, early yeah. 40s, we just want to please people and serve yeah. everybody mm -hmm, and be a superwoman. Mm -hmm. And yeah. by the time that you turn 50, you're like, oh, honey, bitch, please, superwoman, just hang up your cape, darling. Mm -hmm, Grab the bottle mm -hmm. of wine, come and sit your sweet self down, take off your mm -hmm. stilettos, and let's have some fun. Mm -hmm. Now let's now let's create a better world. Yeah, I think you're right. It this it happens like when you step 40s into 50s and then by the time you're 60 you're like look i want to create because we are living longer we feel younger at this age and it's almost like it's like a new beginning i mean my mentor is like i said she's 79 she's getting ready to start something new at 79 and she's excited about it i'm excited about it, you know with her you know i know somebody who wrote their first book at 78 so it's like we get to that place where, you know, you may have raised kids, you know, taking care of the husband. You, you saw how much you put into that company, that corporate job. And you're like, you know what? I've got gifts. And that's when you really start thinking about all the gifts and the talents and everything people have been telling you for years. You're good at this or you're good at that. And like, hmm. And then, of course, with, you know, the technology, we can just research anything and like, wow, people really get compensated for doing something they love. It clicks. And then you just kind of just go. And then, of course, then you start really attracting other women who were on that same path.
and maybe this is part of the modern day wise women because i've been saying for a while women need to start becoming the wise leaders of the tribe again maybe this is how we do it is through our businesses is through entrepreneurship what a freaking gift it is and so for any i want to say this to the women in their 20s and the 30s and even the early 40s cut yourself some slack like seriously if i knew what i know now i would have been so much kinder to myself in my 30s so much yeah. kinder. yeah I was always thinking I'm running out of time. I have to build this business. It has to be successful. It has to make money. <laughs> and now I'm going, oh, no, mm, I'm in my 50s. I've got all the time in the world. This gets to be fun. I get to slow down to speed up. I get to really enjoy the creative process. My babies are grown up. I don't have to wipe their asses anymore and feed them lunch. Um, now I get to do it for me, from me, and share it with you. And for the ladies in their 50s and 60s and 70s, it's our time. Like, it's our time to start. It's our time to start a new archetype of the modern-day wise woman and what she looks like, how she holds herself, how she speaks, how she shows up in the world with joy and love and confidence and wisdom and sharing it and supporting supporting our younger women my god it's like we, we've created this division between the boss babe generation and the old dames like that, that has yeah. to, it needs to be a bridge that starts being created between us yeah i i agree with the younger women and they, i agree they're all banding together with the boss babe generation and we're already seeing how so many of them are burning out. We're already seeing how so many of them are going, I can't, I can't carry this, this label anymore. So this is, I believe, the time of the older ladies where we get to go, no, no, we've got you. We've got you, sister. There's time. Relax. How do we, how do we support you in motherhood, in hormones, in diet, in oh, business, yeah. in in all of the things we've got so much mm -hmm. to share but why are we not sharing it why, why do you think there is this huge gap at the moment between the boss babes and the old dames i don't know i mean and i think that's each individual i know my goddaughter just graduated college and i was telling her because she was you know people are saying oh well what's your next what's your next and i said you know, of course, you know, figure out where you want to go and the pathway to get there. I says, but if your parents are not like pressuring you about what's your next, and I said, I'm sure you've talked to them about some things. I said, you carried 18 credits of biology your last semester. Maybe just right now, your brain just needs to just rest just a bit. And then, you know, you, you do that next thing. But I think sometimes it could be the language you know because I am so in awe of how my mentor is just so open to change you know she's got the iPhone the iPad the this the that <laughs> and you know she does zoom meetings and talks and things like that so she's embracing it and I see that in her but I think sometimes there's that disconnect where 
people who may be our age, we feel like we've got to talk, just kind of talk and talk and talk to the kids. Well, I said to say the younger generation, but sometimes it's just like listening to see what's going on and just like giving them a little bit of advice here and there. And also sometimes complimenting them on things, you know, things like you said, you know, what our parents and grandparents liked and the things is different than what we like. And then, of course, it's different than the next generation, but it's always going to be like that. You know, my goddaughter had these sharp blue shoes and the woman who is 79 said, Janet, you tell her to keep them shoes. Okay. So it's just, you know, I think it's just like coming together and accepting everybody for who they are. And I think that sometimes is the disconnect and all and everybody's over here and there. No, we can come together. I like those sharp shoes and they, they may, they may look at us and like, oh, you guys are really fashionable. So that's just my opinion. Yeah. Love it. Wow. Okay. Well, this conversation can go all day. I know. <laughs> mm, I should start make do bringing cocktails to the the podcast. <laughs> Although then they'll probably end up being two hours. That's true. That is so true. <laughs> Janet, darling, what do you take an unapologetic stance for in the world? <sighs> unapologetic stance for my time, my time, my peace of mind, and my time. So I will shut out, you know, family and friends if I truly need just my own space and I don't, you know, I feel like I don't have to apologize for anything. It's because I need to do that in order to be the best version of Janet. Oh, love that. The best version of Janet. Mm. Janet, thank you so much. This has been an amazing conversation. Like you said, we could talk for hours. We really, really can. For our listeners, thank you for joining us today. And um, I think if there's one thing that I'm going to invite you to contemplate today, it is where are you still not honoring your time? Where are you not partnering with time to be your best self? Where are you not partnering with time to be your best self? Time was on your side. How would you partner with time to ensure that you're always showing up as your best self? It's a cool question. I'm going to journal on that as well. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been an amazing conversation. Until next week, remember, you get to live your legacy unleashed, unlimited, and bloody unapologetic. Have an amazing day further. Cheers. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at The Unapologetic Woman and on LinkedIn at L-Naj. And if you're interested in experiencing the Unapologetic Woman Friendwork Soiree, book in for our next open meeting at unapologetic-women.as.me forward slash unapologetic. Thanks again and I'll see you next week.